Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Amen. God is going to speak to us. How many believe that? While you've still got your hands warm, let's let any, any guests know they're gl- we're glad they're here this morning. If you're here for the first time, second time, third time, we're glad you're here. Amen. I want to give you a quote that I found by A.W. Tozer right off the bat. While it looks like things are out of control, behind the scenes, there is a God who has not surrendered his authority. How many received that this morning? While it looks like things are out of control, there is a God who has not surrendered his authority. Look at the person next to you and say, God is in control. Amen. I'm trying to get my notes together. I didn't do it after the first service. Go to the book of Ephesians. How many were shocked last Saturday morning by what happened across the ocean in the Middle East? You know, they say that what happened in Israel last week, if you think about what happened to us in 9-11, they're saying this was Israel's 9-11, except that it would have been, if you go off of the, um, give me one second to find one more thing I'm going to have here. If you were to go off the size of the country compared to our size of our country, they had 10 9-11s happen last Saturday. If you take the population of Israel and our population and you see how many people were killed and how many people died in that, it'd be like 10 New York cities happened last Saturday. Now we know that the devil is rampant this morning. Amen? And so I know that this happened last Saturday when we were gone, and Pastor Mario preached a great message um, uh, last Sunday. I listened to it. But I, I obviously want to come to you as the congregation and speak to you on what's going on and what has happened and talk about how we should feel and how we should react and what we should know and where this comes from and what's going on. How many would like to get some biblical answers on that this morning? Not, not our opinions, not news opinions, but what the Bible says. And so we're going to get into that, and the title this morning is A Biblical Worldview. How many know we need a biblical worldview? If we take this away, we look through our eyes at life and the world and what's going on, and we don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. Senseless acts of violence and murder and, and, and anger and, and just horrible graphic things that have happened and continue to happen around the world. If we don't look at this book, we'll be in trouble fast. But God wrote this a long time ago, and he knew everything that was going to happen. And remember, he doesn't make these things happen. He's the sovereign God, but we have free will, and we continue to be what he didn't make us to be. Can anybody understand that this morning? We as human beings continue to be what God didn't make us to be. And I say that in general. I say that as a whole. I'm not saying that specifically to any person. I want to say that what happened last week, we have to understand, is not God's will. Uh, no violence, death, murder, any of those things is, and that we have to understand that it is not, and I said this Wednesday, and I want you to understand this, this is not a political thing. This is not, a, this is not even just in general a country against a country. This is good against evil, darkness against light, right against wrong. How many know there's a right, there's a wrong, there's darkness, there's light, there's good, there's evil? And so this is, this, these things that are happening, uh, we need to look way beyond politics and way beyond governments and way beyond those and see the root, which is pure evil. And so I'm going to get into this a little bit and share some things. I know that as soon as this happened, I, I, I've learned over the years that, and I don't say this to toot my horn, I've learned I'm a little more prophetic than I, than I know. The Lord speaks things to me sometimes and I don't realize he's doing it until later because I hear what I tell my wife usually, not anybody else. Then I hear it on the news, and I go, how did I know that? For example, when COVID happened, if you'll remember, the day it broke out, 
I had, my wife came to me and said, I believe this, or I heard this was a, con a conspiracy. There's a conspiracy theory that China started this. And I looked over her without batting an eye and said, China did start this. And I said, it's going to come out on the news in the future. We're going to realize that this was a planned attack, this disease and all this. And look what happened. So when this happened, I looked at my wife. We were in the hotel in, in Cortez preaching this revival. And I looked over and I said, Iran's behind this. This is before it even came out that they, you know, that we know what we know today a week later. But as, as he shows me things, sometimes he shows me things I wish I didn't see. Sometimes you ever heard something or seen something you wish you didn't see or hear? And, and I don't think I shared this part in the first service, and every service is always different. That's why people that stay for both services get two messages. Because there's always little things that the Lord shows me or says different to each congregation or each church service. And one of the things was that we have to pray. I told Carla, we have to pray for America. We have to pray for our country. Because about 25 years ago, probably 27 even, somewhere in the mid-90s, I had been saved for just a few years. How many remember when I told you that I saw those emergency care hospitals everywhere and I said that's going to be for the tribulation. They're making all these because there's not going to be enough hospitals. The Lord would show me different things for futuristic events and I didn't really know what it meant at the time. And then it just makes more sense as time goes on. And I told, Car I to I told Carl, we need to pray for America because in the mid-90s, way before 9-11 happened, how many realize that, in our, especially in our nation, in our country, we don't really understand or didn't know about uh, what they would call today uh, extreme uh, Islamic terrorists, right? We, we didn't know a whole lot about that until 9-11 at least five or six years before 9-11 happened, I, I, the Lord spoke something to me so clearly, and, and, it, 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 and today I'm seeing it come to pass and, and wanting to come to pass. And the Lord said, there's going to come a day in the future where the Muslims are going to persecute Christians in the United States. That's not a very popular statement, is it? And I don't say it because I want to. I say it because I heard that from the Lord 25 years ago. But let me give you some good news. We have the power to cancel out the plans of the enemy. How many believe that this morning? We have the power in prayer to confuse the enemy. I said this at the end of the first service. I'm going to say at the beginning of this. Two things the Lord spoke to me immediately. And listen, I don't always hear from the Lord this much. Sometimes I do. And I, like I said, I usually just tell my wife. And then if the Lord leads me, I tell you. But you can ask her all these things I'm telling her. I told her that morning. I said, we need to cancel and we need to pray for confusion. So if you're taking notes, you might want to write that down because I need us as a church to be consistently, constantly praying. Let's not be like we were at 9-11 and be scared for two weeks and then go back to normal. Let's understand that this is way beyond 9-11, that this is this is, what, 22 years since 9-11, meaning we're 22 years closer to Jesus coming back. We are in the last days. We know that. We're in the perilous times. And, and we can't go, well, that was over there. That's not going to affect us. Because you're wrong about that. Because let me just throw this out while I'm just listening to the Holy Spirit. Iran says Israel is the devil. Guess who they call the big devil? The United States. They call it Israel the little devil and the United States the big devil. So if you think what happened over there, they don't want to happen here, you need to wake up and smell the coffee. Because it's a real enemy, it's a satanic enemy, and it wants to kill, steal, and destroy like Jesus said. But we can pray, and I believe, I don't know how many, let me see your hands because I, I, I know I have problems with my phone. How many got the text Thursday night that we were going to pray at 9? Just let me see your hand. Okay, most of you. If you didn't, don't think that I left you out. I'm having, I've still got to, I'm going to go tomorrow. I've got to go to T-Mobile and, and figure out what's up my phone. My wife, a lot of times, doesn't even get texts from me. We live in the same house. So that's a problem, amen? But I, I, I called for a prayer meeting. I said, let's pray tonight because they came out and said that on Friday the 13th that they were going to do massive worldwide, uh, you know, violence and do different things. And how many know that we didn't really hear of anything major happen? Can I tell you why I believe we didn't hear anything major happen? Because we prayed. Hello? Do, does anybody agree with me on that? Because there's power in prayer. 
And we weren't the only church praying. I guarantee you there was churches all around the United States praying for this. And I'm not the only one I'm sure that the Holy Spirit spoke to to cancel and confuse. We need to cancel out the strategy of the devil. And we need to pray for confusion so they cannot do what they want to do. Because I promise you, church, they want to do it. Okay? So we don't have to live in fear because we have a God who's in control. And you heard that quote. When it seems like everything's going wrong, God is still the final authority. So I want to talk about a biblical worldview this morning. And I want to get into a few things uh, that, that the Lord has showed me. And the first one is Ephesians chapter 6 is what we did Thursday night. If you are a part of that, I appreciate it. Verse 10, look what it says. My brethren, be strong in the Lord. Church, we need to be stronger today than we've ever been before. In the Lord. Not in the power of our might, it says there, but in the power of whose might? God's. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, that's strategies, of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principle. See, this is, this is blood. We saw bloodshed. We see physical missiles and, and guns and, and all these things happening. But it's, this is not a physical battle, the Bible says. It's a spiritual one. Do you guys realize that Paul, who is writing this, was Saul, and Saul was a violent man? He's writing this now. He stood there as they stoned Stephen. He arrested and killed Christians. He knew what violence was, but he had a revelation from God. This is not a physical battle. This isn't about who has the bigger gun. This is about who has the bigger God. How many believe we have the bigger God this morning? We have the God. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. This is between darkness and light, and we're on the side of light, praise God. Amen? And I'm going to show you that this morning. So it, there's principalities, there's powers, there's rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of goodness. What does it say? Wickedness in the heavenly places. So this is a battle we're fighting that is not fists and guns. It's spiritual. So please join me, not just today, not just last week, but tomorrow and Tuesday and every day that you pray. Cancel and confuse. Cancel and confuse. We need to keep that in our spirits because like I said, the Lord doesn't speak stuff like to me, that to me all the time, but it's been very clear. As you can imagine, I was gripped with carnal fear when the Lord showed me that and told me that. And when I saw this happen last week, that, you know, I live here in this country too. I'm afraid in my carnal flesh of what they want to do. But then God says, don't worry. I'm with you. I'm on your side. Do what I tell you to do. How many know we can all be a little scared in the flesh? I don't care how tough you think you are. When you watch what happened over there, it's, it's a scary thing. But let's start to get into the Bible. In other words, this morning, we're not going to talk about what I think and you think and politics think and other people think. We're going to talk about what the Bible says. So that we can have an understanding of a biblical worldview. And it starts with this. In Genesis, you know, we're not going to go there, but in Genesis chapter 6, how many know this group that attacked Israel was called Hamas? That name is the same name that is in Genesis chapter 6. You can read it later. And here's what it says specifically. The earth, remember when the Bible says the earth was filled with violence? And then, G, and then God decided to destroy the world. Listen to this. In Hebrew, this says the earth was filled with Hamas. The same word of that group that attacked Israel is, is the same word that was in Genesis chapter 6, the violence that was going on in that day. Amen? Lawless violence, it says. Now, I'm going to get your attention right here real quick because I'm going to say something that's very strong. Sometimes you have to make strong statements. And we look at how many were bothered last week when we heard about the babies being killed. Is anybody human in here bothered that they found decapitated babies? Well, that makes me very mad too. It makes me very angry too. And God will judge those people. But listen to me closely. There's a judgment coming on the United States of America because when we look over there and say, man, they decapitated babies, we need to look at our country and realize that since 1970, we have aborted 63 million babies. 
That's strong. But the Lord spoke that to me. In other words, quit judging other people and look. Now, we, we know here today we're not the ones that did that. But it's our country. And that's why our country is going the wrong direction. That's why our country is going to be judged. That's why this great country is not in Bible prophecy. Because we've done far greater than what they just did last week. 63 million babies have been aborted. So when we start to think about that, why do I say that? Because we need to understand that this is bigger than just one situation that happened. The root, tell me you know when you have a headache and you take something for it, you are dealing with the symptoms of your headache, but that's not the reason you have a headache. How many know if you really want to fix something, you have to go to the root? you got to find out what's causing the problem. And church, this we're talking about today that happened last week and has been happening and will continue to happen goes back to the root of good and evil. Obedience and disobedience. Right and wrong. Darkness and light. Does everybody understand that? It's not about a name of a country or a person or a people or a religion. It's right and wrong. Darkness and light. Good and evil. Okay? So that's the root. And it's always been around. But as we look at the Bible and we start to think, God, how should we pray? How should we react? What should we think? What should we do? On the positive this morning, I'm going to give you some positives along with the negatives. We, 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 I said that Iran was behind this, and Iran is one of the biggest countries in the world for terrorists, and they fund a lot of it. But let me tell you a good positive note. Right now there is a revival happening that's not going to make the news in the country of Iran. Iran, the same place that is behind Hamas that just did this horrible thing in Israel, is a country that is seeing the, listen, the fastest growing underground church in the entire world is in Iran right now. Come on, somebody give God the praise. How many know we need some good news in the midst of the bad news? What does that mean? That means not everybody's evil. That means that in every country that's represented, including the area of the Gaza Strip and Jordan and Syria and all those, Egypt and all, there's good people. When I say good, I don't mean good in the, in the good, good enough to go to heaven good. I mean people who are trying to, to do right and want to know the truth, they're just like us. They're humans just like us. And, and they need the truth. They need to know Jesus. And so Iran has seen a mighty move. Listen to how much of a move. 20 years ago, there was 5,000 believers. Today, there's almost 1 million believers in Jesus in Iran. Praise God. Isn't that awesome? That's a move of God. And so we, we got to know that in, this, in the midst of everything that's happening, God is moving and doing powerful things. Now, I'm going to shake you a little more this morning. Some of you know this already, but some of you don't. The way we get a biblical worldview is we need to leave the United States of America. We don't do it on purpose. We do it because we're human. But the United States, we tend to, whether we say it or not, we tend to think and believe that this whole world revolves around us. Can I have anybody honest in here that sometimes feels that way just because we, there's a couple honest hands? All of us do. Because we know it's a great country. We know it's been a great country. We love the country we live in. People have immigrated here all, from all over the world. It's a wonderful country. But listen, the Bible is, has nothing to do with the United States of America. What do I mean? Let me tell you what I mean. This book in, in Revelation, almost said Apocalypsis, in Revelation 22 at the end says, Amen. That last Amen was written, and how many know when that last Amen was written, that's it. Can I say that again? It was written in about 70 to 80, sometimes they say 90 AD, after Jesus had, had gone away, you know, 50, 60 years after his resurrection. So the Bible was written, and then it said, Amen. And it said, if you add to this book, the plagues will be added to you. If you take out of this book, the, the, your name will be taken out of the book of life. So that means any writings, say any writings, any writings, any writings, any revelation of, of a person saying that this is God's word is not God's. And that book 
This book, the B-I-B-L-E, the one for me, was written, listen, 1,700 years before the United States became a nation. Doesn't mean God didn't know we'd become a nation. Doesn't mean he didn't know we'd become a great nation. What it means is we can't look at the world view from a United States of America perspective. Do you understand that? Can I move on from that? Does that make sense? As much as we love ourselves, we are not important in the grand scheme of things. So when you begin to untry, what's going on? You gotta go. You gotta get like you're in a, in, in Google Earth, and you gotta go to Israel. Because that's the center of the earth, not us. Yeah? We good? So it's all about Israel. It's all about Jerusalem. And how many in here today, before I move in again, really get into the scriptures, I just want to see if I'm in the right place. How many believers in here do I have in a, in a, in a man who was, is God and became man for a little while and came to this earth and lived a perfect life named Jesus. Does, does anybody in here believe in that guy? The Savior of the world, the Messiah, the King, the Lord of Lords. Right? Am I in the right place? We believe he died on the cross, rose from the dead, conquered death, hell, and the grave. He's coming back again. He, he, he forgives sins. He heals. He changes. He transforms. He delivers. He sets free. Am I in the right place? Well, just in case I am, he came from Israel. He was born in Israel. He died in Jerusalem on a place called Golgotha. And the Bible says, to spoil your, your reading, your spoil alert for the movie, he's coming back again to Jerusalem, Israel. So that's the place that's important in God's eyes. Are you with me so far? Now, is everybody over in Israel with me? Is everybody over? No one's here, right? We've all left. We're not in the United States. Because if we were to fast forward into Bible prophecy, we won't see us. We didn't exist till 300 years ago, and we're not going to exist 300 years from now. Zechariah chapter 2, verse 8, says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, He sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. And watch this. This is why, just, let me just get this out real quick. You, get, you have a choice this morning. Which side do we get on? And by the way, let me say this. You have to pick a side. You can't be on the fence on this. And you'll understand that by the time the service is over. If you're on the fence, you got to get off it. Whose side are we on? Let me tell you whose side I'm on. Because you can choose if you want to get on man's side or if you want to be on God's side. And I'm just smart enough to know that I've never seen man beat God. So I'm going with God's side. And the Bible says here in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 8, that he who touches you, speaking of Israel, touches the apple of God's eye. Jerusalem, Israel, that land, that physical place, is the apple of God's eye. You know what that means? The most important thing. Those are God's people. That's God's land. Can I get an amen? amen? Let's keep reading. For surely I will shake my hand against them, and they shall become spoil for their servants. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of, how many have heard that word? Zion. You may see on the news they're calling people Zionists. Zion is Jerusalem. For behold, I am coming, that's Jesus, and I will, do, I will dwell in your midst, says the Lord. Jesus came to this earth and de died, lived, died, and was resurrected in Israel, and he's going to come back again to rule and reign in Israel. That's God's place. Amen? How many with me so far? 
Now, where did all this madness come from that we're seeing right now? Uh, Spoiler alert again, it's nothing new. This battle that's going on right now at this moment at war has been going on since the days of Genesis. I'm going to break this down to you, and I'm, going to, I'm trying to do it as elementary as possible because it's really not that hard if we just pay attention, and that's why we prayed earlier. This conflict literally started after the flood. When I say conflict, I'm not talking about sin because that happened when Adam and Eve sinned. I'm talking about the conflict of Israel and the Palestinians literally started after the flood. How many would like to see how and where and why? Two people, that's all I need. Genesis chapter 9. Right before we read this, Geraldi, remember not too long ago I preached a message and I talked about Noah and I talked about Ham and Shem and Japheth and how Ham made a mistake that he walked in on his, da- on his dad and he was drunk and he was naked and he exposed him and then Shem and Japheth walked in backwards and covered him up and did the right thing. Remember that story? Believe it or not, that story is where today's situation started. That story. Because we're going to see here in 924, Noah awoke from his wine, which was wrong. He shouldn't have got drunk. And knew what his younger son, that's Ham, had done to him. And look what Noah says to Ham. Cursed be Canaan. Now, just real quick, 101, when God curses something, there's nothing anybody can do to break that curse except him. Man can curse somebody, but when God curses somebody, serious business. How many are with me? Cursed be Canaan. Who's Canaan? Canaan's Ham's son. Does anybody know what Canaan means? Canaan is modern-day Israel. Not all of it, but a big section of it. A servant, watch this, of servants he shall be to his brethren. And he said, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and and may Canaan be his servant. How many know when someone is a servant, they are under that person? God is saying, People that come from Shem will be over people that come from Ham. And then watch what he says. May God enlarge Japheth. So Shem and Japheth go in backwards and they get God's blessing. Ham does the wrong thing. He gets the curse. And his son gets the curse, Canaan. And it says, and he may dwell in the tents of Shem, God, and may Canaan be his servant. How many are with me so far? All the way back after the flood, Ham makes a mistake, and God says Canaan will be cursed, and that is a section of today's problem. Because listen to this. Fast forward to today. Listen closely. This will blow you away. Canaan, Ham's son, guess where he lived? Gaza. Where's the attack going? What's the problem right now? In the Gaza Strip. Are y'all still here? Are you, are, you, are you bored or are you, are you amazed? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Canaan li- it lived in Gaza, which is today's Gaza Strip. How many have ever heard of David and Goliath? We're going to talk a little bit about David and Goliath today in several different ways. How many know who Goliath was? Can somebody shout out what kind of a person or what, what uh, place did, what, was, the, was the, the, the Goliath from? Guess who the Philistines are? The Palestinians. Palestinians are modern-day Philistines. Are you following me? Now, inside of this, I want to say something important. Because I know we have people in our church, I know specifically, we have people from all over the world. But I want to say this because this is important. And I didn't say this in the first service. Remember when Jesus said very clearly... In the last days, you'll be hated for my name's sake, and mother will be against brother, and father against sister, and all that, right? Remember that? That's what this is right now. This is a divisive thing. Because what you do is you start thinking, well, I have family in Palestine, or I have family in the Middle East, or, or, and then you start taking side with your family. Don't take side with family. Take side with God. 
Because now that we're sons and daughters of Jesus, of God, and children of Jesus, and, 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 and sons grafted into the salvation of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that we are no longer the same family that we used to be a part of. We're now the children of God. We've been grafted in, and we're a royal priesthood and a holy nation. And so our family comes second to God. But how many can see how this can be divisive? And remember, I can tell you this for a fact, our country right now in the first couple days was saying the right thing. You're going to see the narrative change. Because our country, when I say our country and our administration, I'm talking about people who make decisions. They don't back Israel. They're just saying the right thing. But even this week, I told Carla, I said, they're going to change their narrative. People are going to change their narrative. Almost everybody in the world said Israel needs to defend themselves. Did y'all hear that? Most people, even people who didn't think would say that. Israel needs to defend themselves. But now the narrative's changing. Now they're inhumane. Now they're being too mean. Now this and that, and the narrative's going to change. So you need to know what side you're on. What I'm trying to teach you is it's not about sides, so to speak. It's about being under God's hand and what his word says. Y'all with me? So today we're seeing, and going back to that point, to finish the point I was trying to say, is there are good, God-fearing, Jesus-loving people everywhere in the world. Okay? I guarantee you there's God-fearing, Jesus-loving people in Palestine right now and in the Gaza Strip. Everywhere. I told you about Iran. And today, China and all these places that we see as communists and all that, don't think that the news tells you everything. I've told you what's going on. Everywhere in the world, there's a move of God. But they're not going to put that on the news. The point is, borders and countries and names and all that outside of Israel, what I'm talking about with this being a blessed nation, all those things is, comes down to people. And people need Jesus. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life for humanity. And our prayer needs to be not only canceling out and confusing the enemy, but we need to be praying for the salvation of people on both sides. So people will come to the revelation of Jesus Christ. How many believe that this morning? That everyone would be saved because Jesus came to die for everyone. So here we go. Let's keep going. So modern day Palestinians are blood lineage of the Philistines. Canaan, Canaan Ham's son, cursed by God, lives in, lived in Gaza. It's one of the oldest cities, which is now called the Gaza Strip. Now, how many know Father Abraham? Most of us know Father Abraham, and I am one of them, but we don't really know why, right? I could have us all stand up right now and just get a little exercise. Father Abraham had many sons. How many know it? Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, turn around, sit down. Something like that, right? How many are thankful you were raised in Sunday school and got to learn that song? But we don't really always know why am I, why am I, why is father, why is Abraham my father? Here's why. Because Father Abraham came from Shem. So Canaan comes from Ham. That's that side of the conflict. And Father Abraham comes from the descendants of Shem. And it said there in that verse, Shem will be blessed. Is you with me so far? So Abraham is called from Egypt, because he's living in Egypt, and we're going to pick up right now in Genesis 12, in the city of Ur, you are, and God says, leave your country and go to Canaan. And we, we know all the stories the promised land, the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. That's Canaan. That's Israel today. All the stories we read in the Bible, we don't realize how real this is. So watch what it says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Not my words, God's words. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country. Now, by the way, it wasn't his country in the sense of loyalty. It was the country where he was living. Right? We need, we need to understand that we live in a country, but our loyalty goes to God. And so get out of your country, from your family, to your father's house, or sorry, from your father's house, to a land I'll show you. Didn't know where he was going right away. And he says, I will make you a what? 
I'll make you, Abraham, and all your descendants a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. And let me say this so I don't forget this later. This is why America is so blessed. Because we have always been an ally to, to Israel. Two reasons. Our nation was founded on the word of God. People who came over from Europe, getting away from tyranny, came here and they said one of the most powerful statements ever. They put, in God we trust. See, they had kings over in England. And when they came to America, they said, we're not going to have kings anymore. In God we trust. And our, our nation was founded on the word of God. And God, although we've had leaders and, 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 and government and all that, God has always been the leader of our nation until recently. So he says, I'll make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great to Israel and you, Canaan and you will be a blessing. And watch this next verse. Here it is. Why is America blessed? I will bless those who, I will bless those who, I, God, will bless people, nations, anybody who blesses my nation, my great nation, Father Abraham. Right? We reading this good? And I will, who, so if you're against Israel, you're against God. Let's just make it simple. Now you can pick sides with your family and politics and all that if you want. I'm, I choose to be on God's side because to this day, and I'm pretty sure the book says it, God doesn't lose. How many are getting something? I'm just reading the Bible. I'll bless you and I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you and in you, some of the families of the earth shall be blessed. Who are the families of the earth that will be blessed? Those who bless Israel. So what's cool about this is this is actually a form of redemption from Abraham, from God, through Abraham, to us, because we know the seed of Jesus comes from the seed of David, which comes through that lineage. And we know that what he's doing is this, Canaan was cursed. Now I'm going to send Abraham to bless that place. And from that day, thousands of years ago, Israel has been the apple of God's eye. Now this is important too. It is a literal, physical place. Not a metaphorical place. Here's another error Christians make. We don't, as Christians, replace Israel. It's one of the biggest, scariest, worst false doctrines ever preached. We, and sometimes they do it just out of error and not understanding. We did not replace Israel. It's called replacement theology. Israel is Israel, and we are the children of God. We are called Gentiles. Anybody who is not Jewish descent, bloodline, is a Gentile. Okay? And Jesus said, I came first to the Jew, then to the so God's priority is always going to be to him, to his people, to his nation of Israel. Is everybody following me so far? Am I making this simple enough? Okay, what we should be thinking, how we should be praying, what's going on here. So real quick to make this simple before we get into this next part. Um, not, let me read this. Here's what Psalm says. Psalms was written 3,000 years ago. That's a long time, right? 122 verse 6. What should we do today? What's that first word? What's the most important thing we can do today? And tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Now pull that back down for a second, Joel, and I'm going to put it back up in just a second because i gotta, I got to give you guys a 30-second a, a rundown on what's about to happen. The rapture is going to happen today. Just getting your attention. How many would like the rapture to happen today? But the rapture could happen today. And real quick, this is important, very important for the message. 
The, the next event on God's calendar is the rapture of the church. Why it's so important, it, you begin to see even more now with what's going on in Israel. Because we're what the Bible calls the inhabiting body of Christ, the inhabiting uh, the inhabitants, I should say, of the Spirit of God, the church. We're called the restrainer. We are, can you just, just go with me for a second and begin to think for one second what would be happening in this world, what would be happening in Israel, what would be happening in this country and around the world if the church wasn't here praying right now? Can you imagine if I were to put up on the screen what would have happened Friday if the church wouldn't have prayed? How many are following me? We're holding back. If a brawl breaks out in a bar or a club or a sporting event, if someone doesn't break it up, everybody kills everybody. That's what the world would look like. You think the world looks bad right now. The church is here holding back, praying, canceling, causing confusion, standing in the gap, praying for the peace of Israel. All these things. Imagine what it's going to be like when we're gone. So we have to leave. Remember when Jesus said, I got to go so I can send the Holy Spirit? He's got to take the church out so he can deal with Israel. He has a plan. How many know God's plans are perfect? And a lot of times they're beyond our understanding, but if we read his word, we can understand it. So Jesus is going to come back. We're going to go to heaven. If you want to stay here, you stay here. But I'm going in the rapture. I'm going to be up in heaven for seven years while Jesus or God, sorry, is dealing with his people for three and a half years. They're going to be deceived. The whole world's going to be deceived because the Jews and the Muslims today, one thing they have in common is they're both looking for a Messiah. Isn't that interesting? So they're going to think that this man that's going to rise up, and I believe he'll be Muslim, is going to rise up and become the Antichrist. He's going to be the first person in 6,000 years to bring peace to those people. Does that make sense? He's going to be somebody who rises up all of a sudden and he's going to say, I got a solution that no one's going to be able, been able to do and he's going to give him peace. It was going to be false peace. That's going to happen for three and a half years and then the Antichrist is going to go into the temple and turn on them and they're going to find out this wasn't really the Messiah and then they're going to spend the next three and a half years waiting for Jesus, the real Messiah, to come back for them and they'll be begging for Jesus to come. The second half, God will be pouring out his wrath on an unbelieving, Jesus Christ-rejecting world. Amen? And then, seven years from today, because Jesus will come today, Jesus is going to come back to this earth and is going to land in New York City. Because this is the center of the universe. He's not going to come here? Texas then, Dallas, Fort Worth, because this is God's country. <laughs> Where's he going to go? He's going to come back and land, feet on the ground, on the Mount of Olives. Jesus himself. So, it says, put that back up, please. Pray, may they prosper who love you. Who loves Israel this morning? Who loves Israel this morning? You don't have to. I'm just seeing how many smart people I got in here. Because I, I like prospering. I don't really like suffering and, and not prospering. And So it says, may they prosper who love you. Some of you need to learn that you need to love Israel. But you know what? It's even beyond, listen, pay attention to me here. It's even beyond the people in Israel. It's the place. The actual ground. Holy ground. And it says, peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. Now watch this next verse, Psalms 102. Because here's what, actually right before you put it up, there's probably people that you talk to or hear of or hear the news. Well, the Jews, that's not the real Jews that live in Israel today. So people say. They're still scattered around. The, did you know the Bible in the Old Testament prophesied that when Jesus went up to heaven and then the, the temple was destroyed, the Bible says that the Jewish people were scattered over the entire world. There's not a country in this world that a Jewish person doesn't live in. 
They were scattered. And then the same Old Testament prophecies say that all those people are going to go back to Israel. And they've been migrating back to Israel for years. But how many know your Bible that until 75 years ago, there was no place to migrate back to? Israel did not exist. I'm going to come back to that in a second. Is everybody still here or should I just say quick? Just close. Everybody still here? This is important. If you don't really know for sure, you think God is God and, and, um, and his word is true, there's this one place on the earth that proves he's real. It's called Israel. It's this little sliver of land in this gigantic earth we live on that nobody can destroy. And I'm just going to give you a spoiler alert. They won't be able to destroy it. They're going to try. And really, the one who's going to do more damage to Israel is God than people. Because he's going to judge them, again, for rejecting his son. Israel, how many have ever driven around the Metroplex? Gone to Fort Worth, gone to Dallas, over to McKinney, over to here. Just kind of picture that area. That's how big Israel is. Or I should say how small Israel is. That little tiny speck, the apple of God's eye, has been around for thousands of years and everybody's tried to destroy it, but they can't because God uses little things to confound the wise. David and Goliath. It wasn't some big strong man that defeated Goliath. It was this little young boy with some strings and the spirit of the Lord, and he defeated that big giant Goliath. So God uses Israel as an example that I don't need that country to be big. I just need people to know it's mine. And in 1967, I've got it on my phone here. I grabbed it this time because I didn't in the first service. And you probably won't be able to see it very good, but that's okay. I'm going to give you the idea. No, I'm not, because the devil is in the phone. In 1967, Israel, that little tiny nation who had only been a nation for 20 years, had Iran, Syria, Jordan, Egypt, Kuwait, uh, a few other countries, about seven or eight countries, come against it, funded with billions of dollars from Russia, and they defeated all those countries in six days. Modern day David and Goliath. Isn't that amazing? Modern day David and Goliath. So, so just understand, that nation has always existed until Jesus left the earth and it disappeared for 2,000 years and became a nation 75 years ago. And it will exist for another 1,000 years because that's where Jesus is going to come back to the earth to rule and reign the earth. Now it seems like they got up here faster this service than last service, so I got I got to rush. For homework, I want to just put one part up. Psalms one hundred two, verse twelve. Don't you guys hate time? How many give me five more minutes? Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. It's an old joke. It still works though. Watch this. Take away the people. God knows who his people are, the Jewish nation. God knows who the blood descendants are. They're going to go back to Israel. They've been going back. But it's more than just the people. It's the place. Okay? So it says, You, O Lord, shall endure forever, and the remembrance of your name to all generations. You will arise and have mercy on where? Which is? For the time to favor her. Yes, the time has come for your servants take pleasure look at this in her stones I love that he puts this in there he's saying it's a physical place and show favor to her what? where does dust from the ground? it's a physical place it's not just a, 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 a thought of oh it's Israel or some floating sky from floating city it's a place stones and dust so the nations shall fear the name of the Lord 
and all the kings of the earth your glory. For the Lord shall build up Zion, Jerusalem. He shall appear in his glory. So he's saying, the, one of the ways I can show that I'm God is all these big, huge countries like Russia and China, and let's just throw the United States in there, and Iran and Syria, big, just big, whatever big countries you want to find. He could have made Israel one of those. Big, strong country that no one could defeat. But he chose to do this little tiny sliver on the map so he could prove his glory. God takes little things and does big things with them. So it's God's character. Now finally, Zechariah chapter 14, this is the end, is a prophetic chapter, and it is talking about what I just told you a minute ago, when Jesus comes back to the earth with us, he's going to rule and reign on this earth, he's going to destroy all the nations who have come against Israel. And it says, Behold, the day of the Lord is coming. The day of the Lord is not the rapture. The day of the Lord is the second coming. And your spoil will be divided in your midst. I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. Right now, this is how close we are to the return of Jesus. What's going to happen next, I can tell you right now what's going to happen, is Iran's going to get more involved we already have ships over from our country over in the, in the water. Iran and China and Russia work out together. They train together. Those three powerhouses are going to come against Israel. And it says, it doesn't just say some, it says how many nations? All the nations to battle against Jerusalem. If you want to have homework, Psalms 83, Isaiah 17, those are prophetic wars that are going to happen that we're seeing unfold right now. Which, if you've ever studied prophecy, leads up to Ezekiel 38 and 39, which is the, called the War of Gog and Magog. Most people that study the Bible say that Gog is Russia. And he's being, they're being pulled down. How many have been watching the war with Ukraine? They're not after Ukraine. They're coming down to Israel. Ukraine is in their way. They're just taking territory. All these countries are coming. He's gathered, God's gathering them all together. And it says the women, look at this, how, how prophetic this is. The city shall be taken. The house is rifled. The women ravished. Half of the city shall go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. And then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. Do you want to fight man or do you want to fight God? I'd rather fight man. And in that day, look, his feet, Jesus' feet will stand physically on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a large valley. That valley is called Megiddo. Half of the mountain shall move toward the north, half to the south. And you shall flee through my mountain valley, for the mountain shall re reach to Azai, Azal. Sorry. Yes, you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Thus the Lord my God will come, and all the saints, who, who knows who the saints are? Us. We're going to come back from heaven with Jesus. And it shall come to pass in that day that there shall be no light. Did anybody see the eclipse yesterday? There will be an eclipse. The lights will diminish. It shall be one day which is known to the Lord, neither day nor night, but at evening time it shall happen that it will be light. This is all one day. And in that day it shall be that living waters shall flow from Jerusalem, half toward this eastern sea, half toward the western sea. How many are seeing this as a physical place? In both summer and winter it shall occur. And last verse, and the Lord shall be king over the earth. And that's Jesus. And in that day it shall be the Lord is one and his name is one. We are literally just a few years away from seeing that, which I said will be seven years from the rapture of the church. That's how close we are. So what we're seeing happen right now is prophecy on steroids. 
It is so rapidly happening, church, and we don't know at any moment Jesus can come back for his church. But listen, church, we need to be on the side of God and his word. And one last really cool thing I threw out in the first service, and I'm done, is Jeremiah 30, chapter, chapter 30, verse 9. It actually says that Jesus will be the king of the earth, and David, King David, will be his vice president. How many would vote for that ticket? Amen? Jesus and King David. And listen, listen for all of you that believe in Marvel more than you believe the Bible. That's going to happen. We've been so desensitized, sometimes we don't even believe the Bible anymore. But I do, Lord. How many believe the Bible this morning? The one that's been around since the beginning and has never been able to be destroyed. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Father, this morning, we need to pray for Israel. We need to love and bless Israel. We need to pray for the peace of Israel. We need to pray for the, the, soul, the conversion of souls everywhere in this world, in every country. Lord, that every religious person and every atheist and every lost person and every violent person and every ignorant person and every blind person would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, the King, the Lord, the one who wrote this book and prophesied all these things would come to pass. The same God who prophesied 3,000 years ago that Israel would become a nation again in one day. The same word that prophesies over and over again everything that's been done and it's all come to pass perfectly because your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing bone and marrow, soul and spirit. All over this place today, you may think, man, I don't, I'm not sure I understand everything that he just went over. I'm not sure I understand everything that's going to happen. But I feel in my spirit that I'm a sinner. And there's a God who loves me, who keeps his covenant with his people. And when we obey him, he blesses our obedience. And today, you, you don't know if you passed into eternity today. Or Jesus came back in all his glory for his church. You don't know if you'd go to heaven. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the acceptable day of the Lord. How many with heads bowed and eyes closed all over this place could say, Pastor, I want you to pray with me right now. I want to be saved. Just lift up your hand. I see your hand. How many more? I want Jesus to come into my life. I see your hand. I see your hand. I want to know today that I'm going to make heaven my home. When I breathe my last breath, you can put your hands down. How many here today could say, I know him, but I'm not sure I'm right. I'm not sure I'm ready. I'm not sure I'm on the, on the right side. I don't, I'm not sure my faith is in the right place. I'm, I'm allowing TV and things that are going on in this world to pull me away, but I want to get right today. I see your hand. How many more could say, that's me? Amen. God's calling you back. He loves the backslider. He's calling him back. Come home. Get right. Amen. It's not about anything we can do. It's about everything Jesus did. Let's stand this morning all over this place. I hope God helped me help you understand. You don't have to understand everything, but the word's pretty clear. We got to pray for Israel. It's God's people. It's God's nation. It's the apple of his eye. And we need to pray. Like I said, we pray, we pray for everybody. We don't just, don't sit back and, and be wicked. Pray for, lo pray for people to get lost, uh, lost people to get saved. That these soldiers, that these, that these people who are blinded by, by religion and blinded by false, false prophecies and all these false doctrines would, would have their eyes opened. Amen? How many would pray that with me and keep praying that with me? Acts 26, 18 says, open their eyes, turn their eyes, sorry, open their eyes from darkness, turn them from darkness to light. That's what we need to pray for this world. Quickly all over this place, if you raised your hand for either one of those things and you want to make a statement to God, to the devil, to the world, I'm, I'm, from this day forward, I've decided to follow Jesus and you've never done that, just find that nearest aisle quickly and just come down here. I'm going to pray for you this morning. If you raised your hand, it's not to embarrass you. It's just to give you an opportunity to put Jesus as the Lord of your life. 
Come on, don't, don't wait for somebody else. I, I'm not making this decision for you. Amen. I can't make you come. But I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Amen. How many, how many aren't ashamed of Jesus this morning? Those that are watching online, let's all say this together. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. And your word says I fall short of your glory. Biblically, I deserve death. Separation. Because you can't stand to see sin. But also, biblically, you died on the cross for all my sins. You paid the price of my debt that I could never pay. I believe that. I believe you took my place on that cross, took all my sin and all the sins of the world. Please forgive me for all my sins. Wash me clean with your precious blood. Jesus, please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I serve you today. I live for you today. I no longer want to do what I want to do, but I want to please you. Teach me your word. Change me today and make me a new creation. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.